Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. So I'm so glad to uh, have you guys here this morning. It's so good to see your beautiful faces. It's great to see you. Uh, Pastor uh, Nathan, our lead pastor, and his family are out of town um, this morning. They are actually visiting one of his mentors. Um, They're spending a whole week of just development and uh, training with them. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for our leadership that is so willing to not say, hey, I'm a lead pastor now. I've made it. But um, we have leadership that is so willing to continue to develop themselves. So that is where they are uh, today at a church in Arkansas with Pastor Rod Loy. Um, so we are praying for them. Pastor Nathan will be speaking this week to their leadership as well. So we're, we're thankful for, for our pastoral family. Um, we're super excited again to be having baptisms. If you have not gotten baptized, we, we would love to see you baptized. It's just like I said, a declaration of your faith. Um, and we want to cheer you on and be uh, your cloud of witnesses. Um, today I'm excited to be starting a, a new series entitled Prepare for Tomorrow. This series will lead us up to Easter, which is April 9th. So mark your calendars, start inviting people now. Uh, we are actually asking um, that some um, people that come to our second service prayfully consider uh, starting to join our first service so we can make room uh, for the second service. Second service, uh, sometimes it gets full. Today's time change Sunday, so it, it is okay that we have empty seats. But also, we work hard for these empty seats seed so we can make sure that we have room to grow, room for more people that need to hear the gospel. So I just want to encourage you that you invite someone uh, on April 9th to Easter. It's just a great uh, way, uh, a great day to invite people every day. But on Sunday, you have an advantage that it's Easter and like it's hard for people to say no. You know, so take that uh, advantage uh, and invite people on Easter. Save them a seat next to you. And um, as you pray and seek the Lord, if, you, if he is moving your heart to join first service, we, we would uh, so appreciate that um, as we make room to grow. Um, but we're so excited. Um, and we're excited that throughout this series, it's been actually in Pastor Nathan's heart for a while to speak on preparing for tomorrow and really just believing that God is going to do great things here at Graceland Church. We believe it. The pastors and the staff believe it. We've been praying for this series, and we've been praying for Graceland Church, and we strongly believe there's a sense of God doing, he's already doing great things, but we believe that God will continue to do even more greater things. And um, I'm excited to start us off uh, today within this new series. So <clears throat> this new series is based on Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. Um, and I'm going to be reading uh, the English Standard <clears throat> Version. And this is what it says. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you because you are so good, Lord. Your uh, mercy is our new every day. You're faithful from generation to generation, Lord. And we're standing on that today, Lord. I'm standing today, faithfulness of generations, Lord. Um, and I don't take that lightly. I don't take this pulpit lightly, Lord. So with that said, Lord, I'm a mere human. I can't speak, Lord, to people's hearts. Lord, that's only you. 
So I'm asking you, Lord, that you meet me on my human limitations, Lord, and you do the rest. You speak to the hearts and the minds this morning, Lord, uh, just like only you can do. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. So I have a question for you. How, when you guys are preparing for a trip, okay, um, you guys are either flying, driving, road trip, whatever. If you're preparing for a trip, how many of you pack days in advance, like weeks, have it already? Let me see you. You should be proud. Good job for you. I see you. Now, who are the types of people that wait to the last night to pack? Let me, I'm proud of you too. I see you guys. I see you. There's a lot more of you though, okay? I want to believe that I'm kind of in the middle only because mentally I prepare my outfits, but they never reach the actual packing bag, you know, my luggage. They never reach it. So I, I like to think I'm more of um, in the middle, but I just went on a trip the, the, the last week, last weekend, and I packed the night before. So I'm right with there with you. It's okay. Um, the majority of us packed the night before. I think for me, it's just really, uh, I before when I used to go to youth camps and like other youth trips, I would pack a big bag. And I know like like, I would just drop, take all my shoes because I didn't know what shoes I was going to wear. I would take all the shirts that I liked because uh, I never knew. And um, I don't know, I, don't, I, I haven't seen anyone else do, do it, but I would pack an iron as well because I would have to iron all my clothes. So I would pack all of that, you know, in there because I was going to uh, iron my clothes before, pack it in, and it gets all wrinkly. So I didn't even worry about it. I just t- took the iron with me. Um, but... Uh, there was a time when I was a kid that I remember as I was preparing this sermon, um, and I don't know why this one specific time came to mind, but there was a time that we were going to SeaWorld. Um, I used to live in Arizona, born and raised, and then uh, we would travel a lot to California. That would be a lot of our vacation um, time. So I would go to California. We were going to SeaWorld, and I couldn't fall asleep the night before. Like, just because I was excited, I wanted to get on the road. I even went to this bed earlier because we were going to get up, like, at 3 in the morning and get started, right? But I don't know about you, but sometimes when there's a big trip, you know, that you're trying to get rest for the next morning, you just can't sleep. You know, you're just excited. You know, you're thinking of all the things that you might have forgot to pack because you just finished packing and now you're trying to go to bed, you know. Or am I going to make it to the airport on time? Stuff like that. You know, all those things are going through our mind. There's so many and things and thoughts going through our mind. Um, and sometimes that's why we can't sleep. And this verse that we just read in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, I think that tension is what the Israelites, the people of Israel, were in. Because here, um, if you don't know the story, the people of Israel spent a long time uh, as slaves in Egypt. Now they had been freed. Uh, God had promised that they, he would take them to a promised land. They had been freed. Okay, They had crossed the Red Sea. God split it in half for them, right? Um, they spent 40 years in the desert. Okay, But now they're back. Uh, they're moving forward to the promised land. They have a new leader. His name is Joshua. Okay? And they're about, there's still, there's still things that need to be accomplished. There's still things that need to be conquered. So they're about to cross a Jordan River. Okay, that's what it, it's called. They, they need to cross it to get to the promised land. Um, and they've seen God do it again. But some of these people really, some of the people of Israel really haven't, you know, because some of them 
were probably born during the time in the 40 years, you know? So there's a mix. So, but I believe that there's kind of this tension here, you know, of the next morning, God is going to do great things. We're going to go on a trip. You know, we need to prepare, okay? So today, I want to speak to you on the su- subject of consecrate yourselves. And it's based, again, on Joshua 3.5. This is where we find ourselves in this story. It says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And today, uh, we're going to be talking and we're going to be wrestling with what it means to consecrate ourselves. That's a hard word sometimes, right? We hear that or uh, we hear a word like repentance and Right out, like, you know, we, we start to clinch and stuff. It, it, it could be hard, you know, because I believe sometimes uh, the church or people that call themselves the church haven't made these words very uh, popular, for lack of better words. But I believe in the pastors and staff are believing and praying that he will do wonders among every single one of you. We believe it with all of our hearts. But I can't believe it as much as you can. I can't believe it for you. I can believe it with you, but I can't believe it for you. So the first thing, the first point, the Lord will do amazing things among you or will do wonders among you is a statement that we must believe. That's a statement that we must believe. The Lord will do wonders among you is a statement that we must believe. I can believe it and I can pray it. That we're going to see the wonders of God among us. But you need to believe it. The Israelites had to believe it. So imagine you have your, your uh, dream destination. You buy all the airplane tickets, right? You buy everything. Everything's set. But it's such a dream destination that you don't pack your bags. Let me tell you, if you plan everything else, but you don't pack your bags, you ain't ready for the trip. You're going to go without your bags, and you're going to be finding yourself on this trip without your bags ready because you didn't believe it enough. Now, I know that's like sounds ridiculous, right? Sounds like, how would I not pack my bags for this dream destination? Well, some of us are probably waiting on God for something. For something that seems like a dream destination, seems like a dream that we've been waiting for years. For something to do, for God to do wonders among us, and we've been 40 years waiting for it, like the Israelites. Imagine if the Israelites were like, you know what, we've been stuck in the desert too long. We have this new leader. I don't know how we feel about him, you know. So you know what, I don't care. I'm not going to prepare for tomorrow. What, what does it mean to cross the Jordan River? That we're going to get wet? Like, you know, imagine if the Israelites had that attitude. And sometimes I believe that we have that attitude towards God. You've been waiting for God for something. You've been waiting for him to do wonders in your life. But you're, and you don't want to prepare. You, you're just stuck in, God, you know what? This will never happen. I can, this can never happen. Imagine if the Israelites would have never gotten ready. That's like you having everything at your disposal for your dream destination. Name it, you know, Hawaii, Europe, England, or, you know, whatever. Whatever your dream destination is, and you don't pack your bags. Then you're not ready for the trip. So today, I feel like some of you here today are stuck there. 
And I need to start believing that God will do it in your life again. Some of you are stuck and waiting for something. I don't know what it is. And you're, and you're questioning if God is able to do wonders in your life. You're questioning and you're stuck there. And we can't move forward. You can't move forward and we can't move forward because we're stuck if what if God doesn't do wonders. I'm here to remind you and I'm here to tell you that God is the God of the impossibles. That wonders are not just for the Old Testament. They're not just, uh, wonders are not just here and the fantasy that happened in the book of Acts. No, wonders are for today. Wonders are for you. Great things God wants to do in your life today. You must believe it. Some of you are struggling with a family member and trying to restore a relationship. Let me tell you something. Stop trying because that's not your part. That's not your part. He didn't say, consecrate yourselves for you will do great things tomorrow. No. He said, consecrate yourselves because the Lord I, Yahweh, will do great things among you. So today I'm here to remind you that it doesn't matter how long you waited, how long you've been feeling like you're in the desert, doesn't matter. Yahweh, the God that you and I serve, Jehovah, our provider, he will do wonders among you. You must believe it. That's the first step. That's the first step. We must believe it. But I'm also glad that doing wonders is God's part. Because if he told me, Oscar, prepare yourself for tomorrow because tomorrow you will do wonders among you. I'm like, God, what are you talking about? You know? Like, I don't want that. Like, that's you. That's your job. You know? I can't do the impossible. You can. So I, I believe that some of you need to rest in that today. You need to rest in the reality that you cannot do it. You, you cannot do wonders. There are instructions, however, for the people of Israel. And that's my second point. Consecrating ourselves for tomorrow is the part we play in God's plan. That's the part we play. And I, again, I know that's hard to hear. That word consecrate is hard sometimes. Repentance is another word used. It's hard. But I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do wonders among us. But we must prepare. How do we prepare ourselves? You know, how, what does it mean to consecrate ourselves? Let me tell you that this has always been part of God's plan. He has always planned to do wonders among us. It's always been part of his plan. But what's also been part of his plan is for his church, his people, us, you and I to consecrate ourselves. And we can see that in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And some of you might know this by memory, but I'm going to remind you. It says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And let me tell you, I celebrate what's going on in Gen Z. Like at the Asbury Revival, and different colleges, I celebrate it. I cannot be more excited for the future of the church. And, but I believe what's going on at Asbury Revival is Second Chronicles 7.14. That's what I believe with all of my heart because there's no other way. We see it throughout Scripture time and time again. 
God doing great things, but we playing our part of humbling ourselves, praying, seeking his face, consecrating ourselves, because he will do great things. And some of you are still, again, like I said earlier, but I, I was just reminded, some of you are, t- are, are tired of waiting for God to respond. And, and I know that. I've been there. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm, I, in seasons in my life, I feel like I'm there with, right with you, waiting for God, for an answer of God. But the scripture says, and I love every single word about the scripture in Joshua. It says, for tomorrow, God will do great things. That means, they might not be literally tomorrow, Monday, March 13th. But tomorrow means soon. Tomorrow means soon. So I don't know about you, you know. Our clock doesn't work like God's clock, right? So I don't know about you, but I want to get ready now. I want to consecrate myself now because tomorrow seems really soon. Tomorrow seems soon. Tomorrow seems soon. And let me tell you, let me remind you, there is some, some people here today that need to be reminded that God will answer you. You're, you're probably in the middle of like seriously giving up on God. But you need to be reminded right now that he has not forgotten about you. That he will do wonders among you in your life. He will do wonders in your family. He will restore your, he will restore your family. He will restore your marriage. Tomorrow, soon, don't give up. Do your part. Let's do our part in consecrating ourselves. I believe that Asbury, the students of Asbury, were practicing 2 Chronicles 7.14. There were a generation that said, we're tired of everything. We're tired of everything being so productive, and we're just going to humble ourselves. We're going to pray and seek his face. There's scholars trying to figure out what happened, who preached, what did they say, who sang. Like, you know, and yeah, I had those questions too, especially like, you know, the students kept playing, playing, playing. I'm like, how did they like switch, you know? How did they know when they were tired? Who else came on the stage? I have like those questions, you know, sometimes come through my mind. But seriously, literally what's all that's happening is they're practicing Second Chronicles 7.14. I believe that wonders today look like what Second Chronicles 7.14 is telling us. That the Lord will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins and hear our land. And maybe you will find it hard to believe that he wants to do wonders. But let me tell you, it's been his plan since the beginning. He can do it and he would do it again. Because he simply wants us to draw near to him. We can look around us to our society. And doesn't our land need healing? Doesn't it need healing? Maybe it's your family that needs healing right next to you. Maybe it's your situation that you're struggling with. Maybe it's that addiction that you can't give up. What does healing your land look like to you, for you? When I was a kid, this was kind of confusing. And like, I was like, yeah, the preacher would preach and I would hear it. Yeah, heal my land. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, explain it to me. Let me tell you. Healing your land means restoring your family, okay? Restoring families. We believe God is going to do it. We believe that God is going to heal the sick. We believe that God is going to free the captive in addiction. That's what healing our land looks like in today and age. 
Do you want it? Do you, I want it. I can't want it for you. Do you want it? Do you want to see restoration in your family? Do you want to see your addiction be broken? Do you want to be set free? We humble ourselves, we pray, we seek his face, and we turn from our wicked ways. Mm-hmm.